Hi campers, how's everyone feeling today? Well, if you're asking me, then I'm doing great because today is my birthday. And I feel like with all the changes in my schedule and life at the moment, I wasn't really able to build up this birthday moment for you all. But this is the bonus episode that I usually like to do. And I wanted to share this moment with you all because it's my birthday. And right now I have Jay Dizzy with me here and the boys. And we are just doing this whole birthday surprise thing. And we ended up being in the Zion National Forest. And I think it's pretty cool because this adventure is bringing us back to the national park life that I've been missing. And this time being in Zion National Forest, it's really cool because we plan on exploring. We already got some shenanigans done today, but we'll tell you all about that at the end. Anyway, so we have some stories ready for you. And like I said, I have Jay Dizzy, so shout out to Jay Dizzy. Hey, y'all. And the stories that I have for you today are pretty cool because it's all about like ghosts and creatures from the Zion National Park. And it's pretty cool because we have one more day to hang out there. So I'd love to tell you these stories. And I also bought a great big book of campfire stories that are all National Park themed. So we're going to do a bonus, bonus, bonus episode with that one. But anyway, so all that is to say that we have some great stories and this is a bonus episode. So with all that said, we're chilling around the portable campfire. I have my drink ready, so grab our drinks, and it's time for us to get into this week's episode. Gang burst. This is a what? Do you have a special message? Hey gang burst. I was just letting you know. It's Jay Dizzy here. Don't you forget it. Bye. I'm leaving that in there. <laughs> <laughs> okay. It's your podcast. It's our podcast. So this podcast, dubbed our podcast. Has done a lot of amazing things for me since I started it. Like, first we got a listener, which, shout out to anyone who's ever listened to this podcast. And then, let's see, second, we learned about all these cool stories. Some of them are about cryptids, others are about urban legends, and even a little true crime made its way in there. And then third, we explored the world, and we visited so many beautiful national parks. And because of this reason, I wanted to get back to it as part of our journey. And even if it's just one bonus episode right now, then, I don't know, it means so much to me. So we made it to Zion National Forest, and we're out here in Utah. And if you can hear that I have a little bit of, I don't know, congestion's the right word. I can't breathe out of my nose. So I'm going to try really hard not to be like, <sighs> the whole time. But, you know, it's part of the mix. So this has been a national park that I wanted to visit for a really long time. And although we didn't get to go to it on our whole cross-country trip we actually got to go to Bryce Canyon that time which is about an hour away but we recorded an episode out there and that's about the curse of the Escalante petrified forests but we're here now and so far what I found out is that this national park is about to celebrate its birthday as well its birthday is on the 19th of November 
And since becoming a national park back in 1919, people have come from all over the world to see the beauty that it has to offer. There are hundreds of animals that call Zion home. You can also see some of the largest arches, breathtaking rivers, a waterfall scenery. I don't, I don't know. I, what else do you think that Zion National Forest has to offer? Deer? We saw deer? Um, I saw red. Like rocks. <laughs> yeah, that's exactly what I saw. <laughs> and we saw rivers and babbling brooks and dirt and even some poop. <laughs> Go ahead. That part was really special to us. I will never forget that memory. It was on rocks. But while we're hearing about all these things, I started to think, what are the odds that there's a supernatural presence in this park? And what I found out were there's a few short stories that I felt like I would want to hear before coming to this park, so that's why I wanted to share it with you. Okay. So, <laughs> so story number one is about a place called Jolly Gulch. Now, Jolly Gulch, and for those of you who are like me and you aren't really sure what a gulch is, don't worry, because I got you. Basically, it's a valley that's in between two mountainsides, and it was created because of erosion from water. So, you know how we walked near that place, the Narrows? Yeah. I'm assuming that that's what the gulch is going to look like. So, it's like there's water that's coming through, but it was carved like through a mountain, and... That's a gulch. So Jolly Gulch is currently a place that travelers can get to by using the east entrance of the Zion National Forest. And if we have enough time, I'm going to see if we can like just go there just to see it. But this place has travelers from all around that can get there. And it's probably about doing like a short half mile hike. And when you get to the edge, you're met with this beautiful image of the park. Like, there's a zip line thing there. You can get a ride and have an even more memorable experience. If I did that ride, I probably would want to bring a broom and then say, Expelliarmus! as I travel through the gulch in Zion National Forest. But anyway, all that's to say, it's, it's beautiful. And according to the articles that I read, there's more to this gulch than just zip lining. Apparently, there's a ghost tour that'll stop in the area and they'll tell you stories about a family that once called this area home back in the early 1900s. So here's what happened. There was a man named Jolly, and he came to the area looking for a place that he can call home for his family and for himself. And he also wanted to start a cattle farm. So he comes to the east side of what would eventually be Zion National Forest, and I think this storyline all happens right before the national park became what it was. So like I said, it was in 1919 that this park became officially Zion National Park, and so I'm assuming that he did this a little bit earlier. He had about 20 years before the park got all put together. So anyway, so he's looking for a place that he can call home, looking for a place that he can start a cattle ranch, and he comes to what would eventually be the east entrance of the Zion National Forests. And it's springtime, and the area around has like water running by, so Jolly just sees this, he sees the less greenery, he sees that this might be the place and the area that he would want to call home. So he brought his family over, which consisted of a wife and two kids, and they built a house. Which, side note, it's still in the area, so if we actually go over there, we might be able to see the house. But he had a house there, and then he ended up finishing up building up his cattle ranch just a few miles away. And everything seemed to be good. But during this time, 
Like I said, everyone was happy. It seemed like they had made the right decision. There's running water, less greenery for his cattle to eat. They were able to build this nice house. So who could complain? Well, time went on, and one summer, things started to warm up in the area. And it warmed up so much that that once free-flowing river eventually dried up. The lush greenery had disappeared, and <laughs> the family fell on hard times. And honestly, if this were to happen to me, I'm not sure that what I would have done. Like, I don't know. But I feel like if I were to find a place to live, I would kind of, like, walk around everywhere. Like, we went to the Zion National Forest, and... I mean, obviously, there's so much more than just the desert. There's so much water and things. Actually, the water is contaminated with algae right now, so you probably wouldn't want to be drinking it. But I'm just saying, like, if I found a place that I really liked, I'd probably keep exploring just to find, like, other areas of the park or the area that might have more water on the off chance it gets really hot and all of it dries up. So, anyway, I'm just saying that's... What I would like to think that I do. So anyway, this once perfect place was no longer the same. And I think that they realized that they were kind of screwed. So Jolly and his family, like, they held out as long as they could. And so they had no choice but to leave. So allegedly, Jolly told his family that maybe they should follow the dry riverbed just to see if it would lead anywhere, like, for water. So they're following the dry riverbed, right? And they get to the end. And they think that they see what would eventually be Jolly's Gulch. And they're like, wow, you know, this is pretty beautiful scenery. There's no zip lines there, but they're like, this is great. And Jolly does something that I don't think anybody expected. So his wife's looking over and his kids are looking over and he ends up pushing each one of them off this cliff. And they don't make it. So he... <laughs> For some reason... That reminded me of La Llorona. I could see why. You know, like, a family lost their children. I mean, in this scenario, it's the husband you know, murdering his family. But anyway, so it's alleged that he pushes them all over. And then he walks back to his house. And he goes in and he writes everything down. Everything that he did and why he did it. And basically... After this is done, I don't think that he had another plan about how he was going to situate his life. So he goes back over to that same gulch and he just jumps off the cliff as well. I don't know if the times were that hard. I don't know. Maybe he did go look around. He didn't find any water. But he eventually goes back and he takes his own life as well. And as I said earlier, this house that the family had built allegedly still stands, which... I'm going to post pictures of what it all looks like. I'm not sure what happened to the cattle farm. The source material that I actually had didn't go into too much detail. But something that they wanted to warn travelers about is that if you come to the area, if you feel that the air is blowing towards your back, it's alleged that people believe that that's Jolly trying to push you over the cliff as well. But if the air is blowing towards your face... That's his family trying to protect anybody else from falling over the cliff and suffering a fate like theirs. Do you still want to go up there to the gulch? Yes. <laughs> I think that what I'd want to do is I would want to like, you know how people like lick their finger and then they put it up to the wind to figure out what direction it's going? No. I, no, I don't actually. That's not a thing for you? Okay, no. well, that's a thing that I know and I don't know how truthful it is because I feel like if I ever did that, the wind blows any and all ways of my finger, but I would put it up 
And I would be like, okay, is it blowing towards my finger or towards my nail? And if that was good, then we'd walk up to the gulch. Um, I don't want to be left behind in Zion National Forest. You know what? I'll just... You don't have to wait for the ghost to push you. Cause <laughs> what? <laughs> I'll do it for you, buddy. Don't even worry. If this podcast comes out and this is my last one, well, then I think we all know who to look at. <laughs> oh, not you, Jay Dizzy. <laughs> Jay Dizzy. So anyway, I'm not sure, but I'm assuming that they named the Gulch after Jolly because why else would it be called Jolly's Gulch? And we didn't get a chance to visit the area today, but we have another chance to go back and see if we have time to do it tomorrow. And I'll tell you more about what we did today, but for right now, this is the first story that I wanted to share with you. And the next two stories are gonna be a little bit shorter, but we also have a fourth bonus story that I didn't think that we were gonna share. But I mean, we got this really cool book. Anyway, we'll get there. So the second story, it's of a ghost cowboy. And I really want you to help me look out for this one tomorrow, Jay Dizzy, if you don't mind. But super short, super simple. I was looking for ghost stories, and I ended up coming across this, I think, on a Reddit thread. And apparently, there was a flyer that was posted in the park telling people about the possibility of running into a ghost cowboy. And it wasn't like a warning to avoid seeing this specter. And his steed, because yes, he is on a horse, a ghost horse. But it was more just to tell you, like, don't bother anyone telling that you saw this ghost cowboy. I'm going to post the flyer so you can see it. But let me see. Actually, I have probably have it so you can see it, Jay Dizzy. Okay. Okay, see? Okay, yes, I do see. Isn't that kind of cool? Yeah, I want to see that. So... I want to find this flyer in the park, and I'm going to post it on the website so everyone can see it. But basically, let me tell you what this flyer says. So it goes into detail about how it's possible that you maybe could have a run-in with this ghost. But there's no need to fear because it's not going to hurt you. It's not going to try to scare you. It's just going to be something that you might see. And you don't need to call anybody working for the park to tell them about seeing the specter because everybody is aware that it's a possibility. And basically, if you do see him, then you just had a more special encounter than anybody else. Now, I don't disagree with the sentiment at all. Like, I mean, if I saw a ghost cowboy and, you know, it wasn't trying to chase me or attempt to try to hurt me or throw me off a cliff, <laughs> jolly, I would think that I would think that'd be the best thing in the world. So this flyer, it it's pretty cool, too, because I don't know if you noticed on the flyer, like the flyer has the cowboy man kind of disappearing yeah i was like yeah i was like who the hell freaking did that that's cool maybe that's how it actually appears i mean it could i mean it's pretty like much in detail but it also looks a little bit faded so i want to see if we can find that flyer in the national park tomorrow so will you help me no she said yes earlier i think that she's gonna say yes and then we're gonna look for the the specter itself. A friend of mine at work had told me I can download like an app and it'll register the electromagnetic waves. So I did download the app. So we're going to use it. If we see them, I'll let you know. But that's the end of the second story. And it's time for us to get into the third one of the night. So the third story I'm going to share with you, and I'm not sure exactly what to make of this story, but someone wanted to write about it to help share the experience that they had had with their friend in the Zion National Park. So I felt like if they wanted to share the story, why don't I share it too? Just because maybe somebody who hasn't read it before or even heard of it would 
hear about it, and it might only just help the memory of them losing their friend go even further. So just to honor them. But it's a crazy story, so let me tell you. Picture it. January 1997. Are you picturing it? Yes. <laughs> okay. So there are two friends from Maine, and I'm going to call them Mac and Will. And they decided to come visit Zion National Park. It was going to be a camping trip. And it's, I'm going to say, pretty cold out here. Like, it wasn't too bad. I mean, I had thermals on, but nobody else did. Um, I think you're just a baby. Well, there's that, too. <laughs> so, anyway... So, it was pretty cold, and I can only imagine, like, if we were actually camping outside, I think it'd be freezing, but we actually have a really nice Airbnb. So, these guys, they're camping, and basically what happens is they drive all the way from Maine, they pull up, they set up their campsite, and actually they hike about six hours to find the perfect place to camp. But they get there, and they're ready for the best adventure of their life. Everything seemed to be going exactly how they planned. They were able to get into nature, they were able to enjoy their adventures, but things started to take a turn on the third night. Things got, I would say, a little questionable. So while they were sleeping, Will woke up in a cold sweat. And awakened by his friend, Mac gets up and he goes, Will, what happened? Like, tell me, what's going on? Why are you up here screaming in, in a cold sweat? And basically, he's like, I just had this crazy nightmare, and it had this creature in it this creature with dark black eyes and it was following me through the park and now here I am you know of course it was just a dream there's nothing really too crazy that happened but it was so much of a fright that it woke me up out of my sleep and obviously such a fright that he actually also woke up Mac so the two just kind of brushed it off they didn't put too much stock in it and the next day they continued on their adventure but Will couldn't shake that feeling that he had seen the part of the forest that they were in. Now, mind you, this is years ago, so it might look a little different than it does now. But he was trying to figure out, like, how do I know this area? We haven't come through here, and I've never been to Zion National Forest before. And he starts to realize that maybe he remembers it all because of his dream. Now, I'm not sure about any of you, but this would have been enough for me to call it a day. Would you have kept going? Yes, I love being scared. If you dreamt about something with some crazy creature and then you start walking around the park and you look around and you notice that you're in the exact same scene as your dream, you'd keep going? Yeah, I want to see if it really happens. <laughs> okay, so, well, that's kind of exactly what they thought, too. They were like, you know what? Let's just shake it off. We're committed. We're sticking to this adventure. Why would we just stop? So they make their way back to their campsite and they decided that they were going to eat some dinner and things seemed to be back to normal. But two days after the nightmare experience, Will was once again awakened in the middle of the night. Only this time, he was about two miles away from his campsite. He was dragged away in the middle of the night. His clothes were covered in dirt, and it just seemed like everything that could go wrong went wrong. He even had a bloody nose just to add to it. So he woke up screaming louder than ever. And Mac heard him. And remember, I said he was two miles away from their original campsite. So Mac had to come over, rescue him, bring him back to the campsite, and then try to figure out and explain to themselves how this new situation came up. And they're looking around, and they notice that there's actually even a bird skull that was left on their equipment. But they still didn't leave. 
So if that happened, would you stay? Um, I'd probably call my dad. And then... But see, there's no phones. They didn't have any signal. We didn't even have any signal when we were out there. What do you mean? We did for a little bit. For a little bit. Okay, I'll give you that. But this is also 1997, so I don't know how far your Nokia is going to go. You would be surprised. Don't ever underestimate the Nokias. Oh, my gosh. So you call your dad and? And then I tell him, Boopy, I'm scared. Stay on the phone with me while I go keep going. <laughs> so why you keep going? Oh, my God. Well, they didn't leave either. So they set out for another hike, and they continued to walk until they found this cave. Now, going into the cave, they came across some bones. And more skulls that were similar to that skull that was left behind in their campsite. I don't I don't know about you. I don't know how Jay Dizzy's saying she'd do all this stuff because well I know her and I don't know. But anyway, so I would have left a long time ago. I would have left after the first dream. Like, you know, creepy dream. I'm sleeping under the stars, which is nice and all. But secretly I'd be like, I hope they get Mac and not me and then I'd get enough time to get away. Anyway, so they're going down this cave. And they see these bones. And they continue to keep going into the cave further. But then they start to hear this ringing noise that started to fill the cave. But it wasn't like a scream. It wasn't a sound that was just so loud. It was just this ringing noise that just got louder and louder. And it filled the cave. And the noise was so overwhelming that Mac described it as so loud that the two couldn't even communicate being right next to each other. So Mac grabbed Will's hand, and they ran out of this cave, and they just kept going. They set out to go back to their campsite. And I don't know what it would have taken to get these two to leave, but once they get to that campsite, everything that was there was just thrown about. It was all just messed up. Some things were hanging from trees, some things were all over. And they got to this campsite, and that's when they were freaked out. And they grabbed everything that they possibly could, anything of value, and they headed back to their car. I don't remember if you heard me say this, but they had to hike six hours away from their car to find the campsite that they were staying at. So now they have to hike six hours back to that campsite, and it's starting to get dark. We didn't, we hiked like, what is it, like a mile and 30 minutes while we were walking through there. So I could imagine that they're having to walk like 10 miles. So they start this trek because there's no way that they're staying here for another night. There's just no way. So they rush. And as they do, they start to see the animals are following them, allegedly just going crazy with the sound of this ringing. And the ringing didn't stop. It just kept going on. And they finally get close to the car. And this time, it's about 11 o'clock at night. And as they pull up, they notice that the headlights are still on. And... I honestly don't know how long a headlight can stay on. I've tried to figure out how long by doing some research and something said maybe for like 30 to 40 minutes because I know that headlights will eventually kill your battery. But this is all their story and this is allegedly how everything went down. So they get into the car and they're just praying that it turns on because I don't want to figure out what's making that ringing noise or what's going to happen to Will because Will has already been through a lot. Like... And I don't know why they're targeting Will, but anyway, something's targeting him. And so they turn on the car. They just turn the key and hope. And it works. The car's on. So they get out of Dodge as fast as they can. They just floor it. And you know what? They made it. So the author of the story, who I named Mac, 
wanted to share it all because his friend Will had just recently passed away. And then I don't think that they said that they talked about it. They go into a lot of detail about the story, but they didn't really talk about it too much because it was traumatic. And so basically what he wanted to do was he wanted to just put the story out there so that people knew what happened to them while they were here in Zion National Park in 1997. Some theories that people have is that it could have been a skinwalker who was messing with the guys. And if you know anything about skinwalkers, then you know that we did an episode on them and you know that they have magical abilities. And I can imagine that bones play a role in how they do their practices. Is it true that it could have been one? I'm not sure. Another thing is that people were saying that there are big animals that call Zion National Park home. Black bears, mountain lions, even foxes. I don't know. could have been anything that dragged Will away that night. But something big enough had to be able to get him out of that campsite. And I would have to be quiet too because Mac didn't even wake up. Will didn't even wake up until he was away. And why did he have a bloody nose? I don't know. Maybe aliens? We can just throw aliens out there just because? I'm not sure. I have so many questions for all these stories, but they're also interesting to me in like their own right. Like I want to give a little bit of credit because they all just caused me a little bit of light concern. So I was walking around the park knowing these stories. Jay Dizzy didn't know it. Patrice didn't know it. The boys didn't know it, but I knew it. And I lightly was walking a little on edge. Honestly, I've been a little freaked out the whole time we've been here. I don't know why. You've been freaking us all out. I freaked the whole group out because I was like, mm, I don't know, murders. I just feel murder in the air. And I'm hoping that that's not true because I don't know why. I don't. I think maybe it's because we watched American Horror Story a little bit. It could be anything. But these little stories are freaking me out the whole time. And now we have a second day in Zion National Park. And it's time for us to go find some of these things. I mean, I don't want to see Jolly because I don't want him to push me over the cliff. But it would be kind of cool to see where that story allegedly took place and then in terms of the ghost cowboy well he just seems pretty cool because he's not going to do anything he's just going to be a ghost and a cowboy as for this third story i don't know what mac and will saw and i don't know why they stayed so long i mean i'm all for adventure but i'm also one not to go too too crazy because i got things to do so anyway i said we had this bonus story and it's from a book called Tales from America's National Parks, Campfire Stories. And when I saw this, I was like, there's no way that I'm not buying this book because now we just have extra stories to share at all the national parks. So I'm going to let Jordy Bear, a.k.a. Hot Granny, a.k.a. Jay Dizzy, pick a story for us to read. And let's just see which one she picks. we got options for Zion National Park. I like the Ghost of Zion. Ooh, that looks long. Okay, so The Ghost of Zion's by J.L. Crawford. Let's see. Okay, so this is all just for fun. Hopefully, you know, J.L. Crawford doesn't hear this and think that I'm trying to steal their story. Also, shout out to this whole book because it's just such a cool idea. But anyway, so this is a short story, and it's called The Ghosts of Zion. And it goes like this. My childhood haunts keep beckoning to me. Those playgrounds of my youth I long to see. But the routine of my day bids fancy wait until the canyon's call shall find me free. Today I heard the call and came at last. The spell of sweet nostalgia held me fast. And giving it to pleasure revere, 
I mingled with the ghosts of Zion's past. In a grotto where I'd often been before, I sat in dreams and let my spirit soar. To be gone days and other scenes I knew, as though a gossamer veil I share the canyon's lore. There was Nafi Johnson and his Paiute guide, who stayed at Oak Creek and refused to ride, into the place where they feared wine ropits dwells, and would wait there only until eventide. I'd like to say that I'm not sure if I'm supposed to be rhyming because some things I don't know how to say correctly, but I'm just throwing that out there. Anyway, back to the story. So there appeared the image of one I didn't know, who stood a while to watch the passing show. Then I recognized the ghost of Joseph Black when he winked at me and said, I told you so. And I told my friend that someday they'd be sorry when the world would come and listen to my story. They laughed at me and said that I was daft and called my beauty canyon Joseph's glory. Near a place where Mount Majestic stands, I saw Benjamin, Heap, and Rolf plow the river sands. And Isaac named his haven Little Zion, with temples built by gods and not by hands. I wondered why those star worlds moved away while many of those builders came to stay. But here and there, they left their mark in passing. And I felt their spirit's presence here today. In my mind's eye, there were one familiar scene of sweating men, determined, bronzed, and lean, who built houses, roads, diversion dams, and ditches, and though their toil, they made the valley green. Then came the U.S. Geological Survey, whose photographers, artists, and writers would convey to all mankind the beauty of this place. Then it was plain to the world was here to stay. Next, men of foresight came and made a park of nature gem where soon I would embark upon my life's career and get my start, for many men in green have left their mark. I saw many superintendents come and go and greeted everyone I chanced to know. Also, my many pals of Zion's Lodge, those friendships that I made, I won't outgrow. I shook hands with the president and movie star. Crown Prince of Sweden came in chauffeured car. All this I hope to someday see again as I leave the doorway to my past ajar. I thought to take my leave as day was done to come again and see if I had won. A favored place but paused again to see a golden glow cast by a setting sun. I turned and said, Greetings, old Langen Peak. A voice came back, take care to whom you speak. Brash upstart you will not find here, the gift of immortality you seek. In tales you tell and pictures that you paint, your forebear oft appear without a taint. But while you venerate astral lore, antiquity alone doesn't make one a saint. Those ghosts of yesterday with whom you talk are merely squatters in the land and mock. The sanctuary of these endearing shrines, for flesh is not as durable as rock. Frail man, look quickly at the alpine glow, for you shall pass much as the winter snow. Long after you have gone, I'll keep my watch. 
I assume the Anasazi come and go. Great watchman, I look up to you, I said, but let me also love my kindred dead. And all whose sweat and toil built thoroughfares, on which the feet of all the world now tread. I'll worship at these temples, not built by man, and sing about their splendor while I can. But I would give the pioneer his due, and the mountain smiled approval of my plan. Then as I left, I thought about my day, and all my friends of now and yesterday. I know their deeds are graven in stone, instead of lightly scribbled in the clay. As long as I can feel and hear and see, I'll come here oft, just save a nook for me. And when these senses dim, I'll take my place among the ghosts of Zion's yet to be. Okay, so I feel like it wasn't the ghost story that we thought it was. But I don't know if you're listening to it as I was, but when I was hearing it, it had a lot of references to the park itself. Like, remember when we were on the tour bus and we heard about those three different mountaintops that were, you know, like, named after the Bible and things like that? So, built by God? Yeah. And then, like, various different, like, little pieces of the park. So, I'm just assuming that this is just every single generation that's ever had a chance to be or play a role in this park. So, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, it is pretty interesting. (laughs) Do you want to share a little bit about our time at the Zion National Park? Okay, so I was walking with a walking stick uh-huh. <laughs> and we came across part of the path where we needed um, to walk down some stairs. <laughs> so, oh my gosh. <laughs> and so, so you know how like blind people walk with their sticks? I wanted to see if I was able to get down the stairs with my eyes closed, leading myself by the stick. And I didn't realize how bad that made me look. And so when I opened my eyes, this couple was smiling at me. And they're like, they walked by and they're like, that was great. Because she was able to do it and walk on these rocks. And she had so many other stories that she possibly could have shared. And yet that was the one she picked. So anything else, Jay Dizzy? Nope. That's all. Oh, my gosh. So we took a couple of different shuttles. We bought a lot of stuff, some souvenirs and the walking sticks that she's talking about because I wanted one for a long time. And went to the National Park. We got a map and picked some places that we want to go see. We're not going to be able to do Angel's Landing because you have to have, like, a pass to do that for the day. And then win, like, some kind of lottery thing. But we're going to be able to hike a portion of that. Then we also got to see the Narrows, which was cool. We did a little hike through three different areas that led up to the visitor center again. We saw deer, a lot of deer, some ravens. The water was beautiful. There is some type of algae that's going around that causes the water to be not safe for consumption. Not that I was planning on drinking it, but you're not even supposed to be swimming in it. So that's a thing going on right now. And then tomorrow we're going to go look at the emerald pools, which is going to be cool and do a couple more things before we have to get out of here. But I would say so far the Zion National Forest is everything that I thought it would be and a little bit more. I don't know why I thought there would be more greenery, but it's still beautiful. The mule deer are there, which is cool. I was asking Patrice about that because I was 
but I don't know. I kind of just like, why did it look a little different than what I was expecting? So they're mule deer. I want to see a bear or like a mountain lion. I mean, I'm scared. Like, I don't want to see one up close, but it'd be kind of cool if you were like on the little shuttle looking at them. But anyway, that's just me. And if that does happen, then who knows? But with all that said, that's the end of today's story. There was four short stories. I feel like they all had a place to be in our podcast, but I hope you enjoyed this bonus episode, which was for my birthday. I wanted to share it with you. And Boopy, do you have anything else you want to say? No, I don't. Oh my gosh. Well, that's perfect. So with all that said, you've reached the end of another podcast episode. The boys have some pictures that they took there, which they're going to share with you. I'll show you a picture of the campfire stories. I'll put all of our source material and things like that on the website at www.campfireadventurespodcast.com. I have some more adventures coming up, which I will share with you because we also have more episodes that need to be put out to keep up with our weekly episodes. This one's just the bonus. So you'll see more stuff and videos and pictures that we took on our Instagram and Facebook at Campfire Adventures Podcasts. And with all that said, this is the end. So whether you listen to this in the morning or the evening, I hope you have a good morning or a good evening. And with all that said, I'm going to say bye. So bye. Bye.